0: Today, I'm talking about the three ways to get rich, okay? Today, I thought I'd talk about the three ways to get rich. Everybody wants to know how to get rich, okay? What is up? Welcome back to the podcast, Vintage and Stuff, with me, Drew Heifetz. So, this week, I recorded with Kyle of Golden State Vintage, but it's not going to be edited in time for today's drop, so I thought I'd jump on here and record something solo that I can drop on the Monday. But anyway, stay tuned later in the week for Kyle of Golden State. It's a sick episode, really good one, coming in a little late. But today, I'm talking about the three ways to get rich, okay? Today, I thought I'd talk about the three ways to get rich. Everybody wants to know how to get rich, okay? Now, when you look at the world, when you look at society, there's three main ways that people get rich. Now I'm going to tell you all about them on this episode. But before I do that, I'm going to jump into a few news events or tidbits that I want to talk about. Okay, first of all, the Bid Stitch Flea is happening March 4th in Pasadena, California. This is a new event that Bid Stitch and Easy is working on. Okay, guys, if you don't know Easy, it's a live selling app. You can get on there and sell all your stuff um, live, just like Instagram Live, but way better. There's way more functionality on there. You can post. Things pictures and videos, but you can also get on their live sell. They have auction capabilities all that shit So download the easy app EZZE and start selling live and buying on there today I'm starting to have a show on easy starting in March every Wednesday at 6 p.m PST I'm gonna be going live and bringing guests on if you want to come on my show sell stuff on the easy app uh, First of all download it get signed up get your account going Second of all, hit me up on Instagram at Drew Heifetz. But anyway, back to the Bid Stitch Flea. So the Bid Stitch Flea is happening March 4th in Pasadena, California. This is a live flea event. Um, and if you want to sell at that event, click the link down below, sign up as a vendor. And if you want to come to that event, which you all should, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there. It's going to be a great time. Click the link down below for address and all that shit. Make sure you follow Bid Stitch IG and my IG, Drew Heifetz. Again, March 4th, Pasadena, California, the first ever Bait Stage Fleet. I also want to talk about another event, Inspiration Los Angeles. Inspiration Los Angeles um, is coming up April 7th and 8th. Inspiration is a long-running event. This is volume 14. I've been to 12 of the other 13 events selling. Great event. It was the first really true vintage and dealer event in California, they have moved around locations, but now they are going to be at the Pasadena Convention Center, which I think is a great move. Right at pa- right downtown Pasadena, it's super convenient to get to. It's great for me because I am there for the Rose Bowl anyway. April 7th and 8th, Pasadena, California, um, volume number 14, Inspiration, run by Rin Tanaka. If you want to get a booth there, uh, hit up Inspiration LA on IG, I guess, and hit up Ren ask him for a booth. But if not, just check out the event. It's really cool. It's kind of like the rendezvous, but it's been going a lot longer. Lots of true vintage dealers, all the big heavy hitter sellers will be out there selling really rad, cool, rare shit. Um, Yeah, there you go, Ryan. There's your free plug on the show. That brings me to another point. If anybody wants to advertise on my show, if you want me to plug an event, if you want me to plug your store, if you want me to plug a sale you're having online, whatever it is, if you want me to plug your product, your app, your da-da-da-da-da-da, if I think it's cool and if I align with it, I will do it. Obviously, you're going to have to pay me. But rates are really fair. So if you have something you want to promote on this show, Hit me up on Instagram and we can talk again at Drew Heifetz and we'll uh, sort it out. We'll make shit happen for you. You know, these episodes get a lot of viewership, a lot of dedicated listeners, and I thank you guys all for listening. I'm very, very happy with everybody who listens to this show and I'm super stoked you guys are all here listening. If you want to advertise, hit me up. Okay, let's get back to the name of this episode, which is Three Ways to Get Rich, okay? Three ways to get rich. What are they? You guys have been waiting through all this news to wonder, to find out what the three ways to get rich are. Okay, here they are. Inherit money. Now, yes, you can inherit money. Sell a business or invest. Those are the three main ways people in this world, in our society, get filthy, stinking rich. Okay? I'm going to talk about these three things specifically. First one inherit money. There's not a lot to talk about with this one. Do you have rich relatives that are going to leave you money? Some of you do. Some of you might. I don't. Okay. Um, So that doesn't count for me. So there's not much to do there. You just have to be lucky. This is the lucky fucking lottery winner here. The inheritance. Are you going to get a lot of money inherited to you when people pass away in your life or maybe before they pass away? Most of us don't have that luxury. So we're going to worry about the other two. Selling a business. Okay, I have done this. I have sold a business, so I know about this one. And it hasn't made me filthy, filthy, stinking rich yet, but that's the plan, okay? So let's talk about selling a business. How do you sell a business? We're all vintage dealers, right? So selling a business is a bit more tricky. I'm gonna give you just a quick rundown of maybe some tips and tricks to selling a business. First of all, you want to have a really sound setup for your business. You want your business to be a separate entity than you. You don't want to sell a sole proprietorship. You want to sell a corporate entity that runs on its own, that doesn't need you to be involved. That's the first tip. Your business can't need you to be involved to be able to sell it to somebody else who then can take it and make their own money. You need to be able to pass it to somebody who you can train potentially or who doesn't even need to be involved and it runs on its own. And that has a lot of money. Businesses have like a, a a times EBITDA value. So, EBITDA is your profit margin for that for a year. That's what an EBITDA is. Now, different businesses have different values based on the EBITDA. So, say your profit margin would be like a hundred thousand for the year. Now, that's profit. That's net, not gross. You can have a million a million dollars, say, gross sales for the year, but you netted 100K corporate profit, then your business would be valued anywhere from like three times EBITDA to like 10 times EBITDA, depending on a lot of factors. That could be like 300 grand to like uh, 10 times a a million dollars valuation say. 300 to a million, if that's your EBITDA. Now, what what dictates the value of the EBITDA or the the multiplier of the EBITDA in a sale of a company? It's like things like uh, how trendy, how like do they, does your does your sector is see growth in the market? Does your um, is it an easy business to run? Is it does it have low overhead? Does it have uh, like is it in the tech sector that's that has a lot of potential? Does it does it is it catered to like everybody in the world or just like a small sector of the business? All these different things people they look at to value it. And you can get valuators to value out your company. Now, other things I learned is like you want to have your books really sound. If you're going to go try to sell your company, you want to have really sound accounting so that you can hand over everything to the new buyers and go like, here you go. Tear it apart. Here's our books. It's all there. It makes sense. Look at it. Make your decision if you want to buy it or not. Now, that means like having no debt, um, Your all your purchasing and payouts and payrolls and all that stuff is very, very clean and accounted for. And it all makes sense in a profit and loss statement. That's really how you get your EBITDA is from your profit and loss statement. What else can I tell you about selling a business? You know, Everyone listening is probably vintage dealers. It's tricky to sell vintage businesses, but you still can if you build a really big brand. If you build a brand with really good sourcing and really good customer base, you can can 100% sell it. Vintage businesses are being bought and sold probably all the time. Um, You want to – what else can I tell you about selling a business? Sell it when it's hot. You want to sell when the fucking market is hot. Sometimes what happens is we get so excited because business is so good. You're like, business is good. It's going to be good forever. Sorry to tell you guys, if business is good, it will not be good forever all the time. Yes, there's cases where business will remain good all the time and really sound business people and scenarios. But most of the time, your business is going to be on a freaking peaks and valleys, right? When when you're sitting on a peak, it's hard to see that the valley's coming because you're like, it's, it's never going to go down. But it will go down. I know a lot of people and a lot of businesses that should have sold when they had the fucking opportunity and they didn't and the things went to hell and then they got nothing for it. They got nothing for it. So if your business is doing really well, you might want to think to sell it. Sell it to somebody else who has a lot more capital, a lot more resources and everything else to grow it to some other next level. Now, typically how businesses are sold to is some You can either like take all cash, get just paid out, which again, you got to pay capital gains on that. So there's a lot of tax on taking like a full payout on a company. Um, capital gains tax is just like uh, income tax on, a, on like an asset sale. So if you're, your business is an asset, you sell it. There's capital gains taxes paid on that money. So if you sell a business, you get a million bucks. You might only walk away with like six or seven hundred thousand after tax, or maybe in some states five hundred thousand. There's a lot of people want to do like sales of equity. So they'll be like, We'll give you some cash and some equity into the company going forward. So like if the company succeeds going forward, then you'll make a lot more money. And that and that kind of gives you interest in the company, which is a good thing, but also can be a bad thing because then you're tied to the company and you have to consult the company to get it to the next level. Okay, that's a quick overview of selling a company. If you guys have questions about selling a company or like specifics on how to sell a company, put them in the comments below. I will answer you as best I know how. And if you have specific questions on how I sold my company, so I'm referring to the knowledge I have from selling Frankie Collective, okay? And um, I'm not going to tell you all the details of that specific sale, but I've kind of told you a lot of things I've learned anyway. But if you want to know how to do that, and my mistakes and blah, 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 or things that really worked out for me, let me know down below. Questions, it's hard for me to recall it all now, and I will get into that. Now, I'm going to jump into the third way to get rich is to invest. Quick overview here. Two things I'm going to talk about is property investing and stock market investing, okay? Property investing, you know, the rich dad, poor dad method, buy a property, get a renter in there. The renter pays for your mortgage, pays for all your expenses on it, and puts money in your pocket every month. That property you hold for a period, you borrow against that that property to get more money to buy another one and so on and so forth until eventually you're getting so much rent that that's all your income. You don't need to work anymore. Although the whole passive income thing, it's you still got to do something. There's still maintenance involved. You still got to be involved in being a landlord, but the theory is that you're not working a nine-to-five. You're not trading your time, per se, for money like you used to with a job. Now, if you have a business and you think you're free, you're probably not really free because you're probably still trading most of your time for money because, you know, in the vintage game, we got to be picking. Unless you have somebody picking for you and you can sit and watch TV all day, you're still trading your time for money, so you've given yourself a job, <laughs> not really freedom. Which is fine if that's what you want and that's what you love, but property management is more freedom anyway. So how do you how do you go about buying your first house? This is just a quick overview, okay? Credit is crucial. You need to have clutch credit. You get lower down payment values with good credit. If you have really bad credit, they just the banks won't give you a mortgage. Period. Um, and it's easier to get money. It's easier to get loans period with good credit you need good credit so start establishing your credit get a credit card pay it down all the time um don't have open-ended tickets or things debts on your on your name because you you want that money it's going to make you money now there's 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 two kinds of debt there's good debt and bad debt bad debt is debt like a car a car payment um you know borrowing money to buy jewelry or fucking bullshit that you need But good debt is debt that somebody else pays. Any debt that somebody else pays is good debt. And that's typically a mortgage if you're a landlord. Now, so you want to have good credit, first step. You want to save as much money as you can for payments. That's another step. You want to get educated in the market. you got to uh, get really educated in the market. You want to, like, analyze properties really well for cash flow. If you go to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I think you can download a free cash flow sheet that like allows you to plug in all the data of a property and it'll spit out like if you're going to make money. So to to see if like a, a a property is cash flow viable, you need to run a cash flow report on it. Now, you got to put in what's your mortgage going to cost you, uh how much are your property taxes going to be, what's the expenses expense ratio, like on insurance, Um, then what's the rent in that area? And there's a bunch of other factors you plug in. It spits out if you're going to be profitable with that property based on like a 75% occupancy rate or something. And you want to run a lot of properties through that. And then, and then if you're in a position with good credit and cash in the bank for a down payment, then you can, um, go buy a property and become a landlord. And it's a great way to invest. But if you're going to be a there's a theory that your, your primary home is not an asset because it actually costs you money. It comes out of pocket. Like I own a house and I pay the mortgage that comes out of my pocket. For me, I'm fine with it because I would pay more in rent where I live than I pay in my mortgage. So I'm actually well better off and I've gained a lot of money in um, my equity on that house. But – not, it doesn't always go that way. You should, When you're property investing, you shouldn't bank on the equity increasing. You should bank on cash flow. That means money in your pocket every month from rent. That is the, the surefire method. And then you don't have to worry about fluctuations in the market. Make sure someone else is paying your mortgage. You're getting cash flow in your pocket every month. And you keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, I bought a few properties and... I've been lucky enough to be successful. I rent one property to my business. So that's like we have a company that holds property that rents property to is and Frank Corp, which is a separate business. So like essentially this thing, which is me still, but it's not me. It's my company is paying my debt and rent. Um, and then I have another property that I rent out, make money on that one. And I want to buy more property. I think property is a great investment. I think it's very sound. It's tough right now because interest rates are super high. But the property values could be going down. Or they are going down, but they could go down a lot more. So it could be a good time to buy even though the interest rates are high. You really have to do that cash flow scenario and look at properties like that. Again, this is a really quick overview. If you have any more info you want to know about buying property, uh, hit me down below. Ask me specifics. And I, if I have the answers, I will surely give them to you. Third one, third way to get rich is stock market investing. Now, you can go buy stocks of Tesla. You can do all these things. Buy stocks of Apple, which may be a good buy right now. I don't know. This is not, this is not stock advice. I'm just telling you what I know. Now, something like 98% of the time, the S&P 500 beats – average stock investors or private stock investors or um, funds that are run by managers, okay? So the theory is all you have to do is invest in the S&P 500 early and often and continuously and you will do just fine in the stock market. The key is to save and always invest consistently. The stock market for the last 100 years, the S&P 500, has on average gone up 8 to 10% every year. Yes, there's down years, but then there's boom years too. So it averages out to 8 to 10% per year. So the most simple, basic way to invest in the stock market open up a trading account. Find a trading account either through your bank or through a private trading account. In Canada, I use Questrade because I get free trades. You want to like try to minimize fees. So try to get a trading account that gives you free trades. Now you want to get the right accounts. In America, it's called a Roth IRA because it gives you tax benefits. In Canada, it's called a um, it's called a RS, RRSP. That's the basic tax saving account. And then in Canada, we have a TFSA and we have these other accounts you can get into. But let's just stick to the basics today. In America, it's a Roth IRA. In in Canada, it's an RRSP. The benefits of and I, I can't speak on the Roth IRA too deep, but I'll tell you the benefits of a, of a RRSP. If you make a hundred thousand dollars a year and you put twenty thousand dollars into your RRSP, the government's only going to tax you on eighty thousand. The hundred minus the twenty. If you put 30 in, then the government's going to tax you on 70, which puts you into a lower tax bracket so you pay less to tax. So the theory is put it into into savings, typically money that you're going to pay to the government anyway, and invest it in there so you don't have to pay the tax. Bring your tax bracket down, put more away, more money for the future for retirement. Another great thing about an RRSP account is that you can pull that money out at any time to buy your first property, which I did, and then you have to pay it back over a period of time. You can research that. So you have the investment account. You have your RRSP account within the account. So the the, the Quest Trade is like the platform or your, your TD Bank account or whatever trading platform you use is the, the, the house. Then in the house, you have rooms, and those rooms are your accounts. Like your RRSP, your TFSA, your investment account. And you can put money into all those different accounts and they have different benefits to you depending on the different account. And inside those rooms, inside those different accounts, you can invest into the stock market. You can invest into, like I said, uh, Tesla or any company on the whole market. Or you can just be really safe and be really smart and every month contribute to... The S&P 500 ETFs, there's a lot of them out there. Now, some are better than others. You want to go with like low ratio, um, low fee ratio ETFs. These are like like S&P 500 generated funds that follow the S&P 500. What's the S&P 500? The S&P 500 is the grouping of the top 500 stocks in America at any given time. Stocks fall off, stocks get put on. Like I said, the S&P 500 will beat out 98% of the time fund managers across the board. Now, that's all you have to do. Set that all up. Put money into the S&P 500 every month. Take a percentage of your money and put it into those accounts, (coughs) that account. Put it into the stock and just do it every month, Period. It's going to make you 10% a year on average over the lifespan of your, your life. You can go and use like a calculator, um, a compound interest calculator, and type in how much you're going to invest, 10% a year, and see how long it's going to take you to get to your desired retirement. Now, financial advisors are going to try to sell you on using them to invest your money. There's benefits to using a financial advisor. And the only benefit I see to using a financial advisor is that if you're not going to do it on your own, do it through them. But if you have the know how to do it on your own, just freaking do it on your own. The method I'm telling you. Now, I I interviewed um, the his name is his Instagram is the Personal Wealth Club, I believe, or the Personal Finance Club on Instagram. I interviewed him on the podcast. It's a great episode. He talks all about this stuff and you can take his course. It's super cheap. It's like a hundred bucks to take his course. This course is like worth thousands in my opinion. It's going to tell you everything you need to know to get rich because we all know most of us don't have inheritance. We all know probably most of us don't have enough money to buy properties. So this is your best bet here. Take this guy's course. Um, And I'll put a link to that podcast episode down below and I'll also put – yeah you can learn from that so that's the basics that's the basics of uh, stock market investing you know and if you want to get deeper in it you want to start picking stocks and do that the theory is like keep 90% of your money in the S&P 500 and play fun money with 10% where you can go guess and gamble all your money away on random stocks but 90% play it safe most of us don't have enough money to go crazy gambling I also invest in gold. Um, gold is a solid wealth, um, solid wealth holder. It doesn't go crazy. It doesn't go crazy down, but it also goes up over time. Um, it's a good way to diversify. if The stock market crashes, but you know, for me, I think the S and P five hundred is what I do. I continually put money in there. I will also put a, a little lit grouping of um, of. S&P 500 ETFs and their allocation, you want to put like a a little different allocation and like a few different ETFs, but it's very basic. I'll put that down below in the comments. Again, it's just my suggestions. You don't got to like, this isn't advice, whatever. Take it if you want. Don't if you want. I don't care. I just thought I'd do this episode on the, the three ways people get rich. So something to mention about this whole thing. You know, one thing, it's not on the three ways to get rich is working. It's not on there. Most people will never get rich from working. Most people will never get rich from starting a business. It doesn't happen very often. They take their money from working or starting a business and then invest it or sell the business. Those are the ways. Trust me. This has been studied. They've done surveys on this. This is how people get rich. So it's important to work, it's important to make money, but you've got to do something with it. The money you make for your time and trading your hours for money or your business will not get you rich. you got to sell the business or you got to invest that money. Really just trying to motivate you guys to get going here. The stock market and the economy is in a massive dip. This is a great time to start investing. Even if you think it's going to go lower, just start investing. Something called dollar cost averaging. I'll tell you dollar cost averaging means like instead of trying to like time the market at the bottom, you just go in every month. So yes, you'll lose on some and you'll gain on some, but overall it's probably the same. Like they've done studies, like people that try to time it, you never can time it. You can never time it. So they end up losing because the person that just put it in all the time does typically better than the person that tries to time the bottom because nine out of 10 times you won't hit the bottom perfectly. So you might as well have just been continually putting it in. Another tip I'll give you guys is that if you're a business owner or even a sole proprietor, if you have a corporation, what you want to do is you want to set up auto siphons off your account. Weekly or daily even. The more frequent you do it, the less you notice it, to be honest. Because if you do like 20 bucks a day, and you can set this up on any bank, so it siphons out of your checking account into like a savings account, Twenty bucks a day. Twenty bucks a day. That's like 140 bucks a week. You know that is uh, 280. That's like five sixty a month, right? But that adds up over a year. That's like six grand for the year. Couple years down the track, you're like, holy shit! I got all this money, and you siphon that into the 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 investment account or a savings account, <laughs> and use it to buy a house. Because it's harder to, like, if you see your money sitting there all the time, you get comfortable, you get complacent, and you start to use it. You've got to take it out, take it out of that account, and um, put it away. Put it away in another account so you forget about it and pretend like it was never there and operate your business on a level where it was never there. Um, A great book to read is called Profit First. Which is sounds greedy. That it's a clickbaity title. It sounds greedy, but it's not. It's like you, your company needs to be profitable so that you can grow and you can support the people who are in your company. It talks about a full, proven method to like make your company profitable, essentially, and be able to save money and be able to pay yourself what you're worth and pay your staff what they're worth. So, uh, check out that book. That's a great one. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I've talked about many times. It's a great one for property investing. Um, Think and Grow Rich is a must read. Um, uh, I'll Teach You to Be Rich, another must read about stock market and saving and investing. There's lots. I'm going to get back on the channel doing book reviews. So I'll start doing more deep dives into these books. But anyway hope you got some value out of that. Maybe it motivates you to go get started. If you have questions on any of it, put it down below. I will definitely answer questions. Um, Again, the three ways to get rich. Inherent, which most of us won't do. Sell a business, which some of us will do. And invest, which all of us can start doing today. Right now, you could go start doing this. So that's it. Thank you guys for tuning in. The Kyle Golden State Vintage episode is going to drop later this week. Super excited for that. Then I'll be back on Mondays, hopefully, with the regular episodes. Got some great guests lined up. Let me know who else you guys want me to bring on the show. Um, super stoked to get back to Rose Bowl next month in March. I'll be there. Bid Stitch Flea coming up March 4th. Inspiration coming up April 7th and 8th. Uh... Hope you guys have a wicked day. Keep on rocking in a free world. See you guys on the next episode. Peace.